This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Following the news yesterday, the first death in relation to COVID-19 was recorded. Unfortunately, an 80-year-old man, a resident of the Lynn Valley Care Center, passed away after being diagnosed as positive with the virus. Uh, Following that news, uh, we're curious as to what care homes are doing to prevent further spread, given that the residents in care homes would be some of the most vulnerable people in our population. Well, Daniel Fontaine is the CEO of the BC Care Providers Association and joins us now on the line. Daniel, thanks so much for being with us. Well, thanks for having me on, Jill. Um, I, I know the, the care home in North Vancouver is not one of your centres, but it's got to be resonating throughout the long-term care community that this has happened and that we do have these confirmed cases and that death. Yeah, there is very much uh, concern uh, throughout uh, the province, actually, within both the care staff, uh, the operators. you know, something like COVID-19, uh, which we know can be very deadly if it comes into a long-term care setting, is something that we obviously are working tirelessly to prevent from going into any uh, care home. And so that's uh, what's happening right now. There's a lot of uh, uh, kind of enhanced protocols around things like uh, deep cleaning of uh, surfaces that get frequently touched uh, to making sure that people are, who are coming in and out of care homes uh, are Uh, If they're in any way symptomatic, we're asking them not to come in and, uh, in fact, uh, telling even those uh, healthy British Columbians who would uh, perhaps like to go visit grandma or grandpa in the next few weeks to perhaps uh, just hold off uh, for the time being uh, until we can get uh, things stabilized within the care sector throughout the province. Is it different then because in a a normal year when we're just Mm -hmm. in flu season, I mean, people are told if you haven't had a flu shot, you have to wear a mask if you're Mm -hmm. visiting. uh, Again, if you have symptoms of sickness to stay away, is is it different than what you would do in, in a normal flu situation? No, uh, Jill, it's actually very similar to influenza. So um, in the past, if you look at media reports, when an influenza outbreak uh, happens at a care home, you'll often have many people who will pass away as a result of influenza. The difference with COVID-19, there's a couple things. So first of all, the uh, mortality rate with COVID-19 is considerably higher than the flu. So uh, there'll be more people who would pass away if uh, they contract COVID-19 in a care setting. Secondly, we have never, uh, as far as I can see, going back you know, at least a couple decades, we've never had an experience where we've had a surge demand uh, from the public of things like medical supplies at the same time that we critically need them in care settings. So you've got this perfect storm of the public buying things like uh, surgical masks and sanitizer and those types of things. And at the same time, those are in critical uh, need in care settings. So that's unique to this particular virus and the reaction to this virus. And that's why we've been telling the public, unless it's medically necessary, uh, please don't purchase uh, medical supplies and leave those for the doctors and nurses and, and care aides and clinicians who need to protect our most vulnerable population, which, as you said, are those people who are in long-term care settings across BC. And in the case in North Vancouver, we know that a care worker at the Lynn Valley Centre was patient 21, was the first mm-hmm. community transfer. And I, I think unless it has changed, I don't think we still know exactly where how that person was infected. But what does that mean for staff members at your care facilities in that, again, the protocol very similar to a normal flu year. In a normal mm-hmm. flu year, a staff member can get a flu shot and have some protection that way. But in mm-hmm. this case, nobody has protection against this virus. 
Yeah, so the flu vaccination does absolutely reduce uh, the potential uh, spread of influenza within care homes, and that's why we encourage all staff to uh, to take that on as something as a way of uh, part of our preventative uh, kind of measures. With COVID-19, you're correct, there is no vaccination and there likely won't be for a period of about 18 months is what we're being told. So we're working uh, outside the parameters of having a vaccination as a prevention protocol. But what we can do, we know that if we, with proper medical supplies and also proper procedures around ensuring that people are quarantined if they're exhibiting symptoms, etc., we will follow all the identical protocols that we would with an influenza outbreak and we know that that can help prevent and help to contain um, that on site and also help to prevent it from arriving and coming into a care setting. So notwithstanding the fact that we don't have that additional additional tool in our toolkit of the vaccination, there still are plenty of things we can do to help prevent uh, COVID entering into another long-term care home. Uh, is there any move as far as uh, with care aides and people that work in those positions? It's not uncommon for care aides and other healthcare workers to work at multiple different locations. Is there anything to try and stop that movement at this point? I, from what I understand, uh, for the folks who are working at the Lynn Valley Care Centre, there has been a, a, a provision made to advise them to not be uh, working for at least, I think, a period of a couple of weeks in other care settings to help prevent that uh, possible transmission. Uh, it's something that we are talking about. In fact, we established uh, over the weekend uh, and we ha- held our first meeting this morning of uh, a sector uh, COVID-19 working group. And that working group is now in direct dialogue with Ministry of Health officials around issues like this and around whether or not there has to be additional protocols in place given that uh, we don't have a vaccination and that uh, there is a potential threat for that to be uh, spread from care home to care home. So at the moment, beyond what has been issued as a, as a message to the staff that worked at Lynn Valley, there is no additional protocols uh, being put in place uh, province-wide, but that could change uh, this afternoon, as quickly as this afternoon, depending on what the provincial health office uh, uh, indicates to us. What would that do as far as a strain on staffing if suddenly people that work, say, a couple of part-time jobs and work mm-hmm. in different facilities can't do that anymore? Jill, I can tell you in all honesty that we were already facing a health human resources crisis in this province. You've heard me talk about this for the better part of about three years now. We've had staff shortages in the interior health and on Vancouver Island, and that's why we've been pleading to increase the total number of care staff uh, across the province because we, in good times, struggle uh, to get enough care staff to be able to work uh, throughout the province. So as you can appreciate, uh, given what's happened with COVID-19, given the request for staff to stay home if they're in any way symptomatic and we're telling them not to come into the care setting, um, this is going to be, it will put the system in a big strain if it hasn't already, just given that, um, you know, there are a lot of people who are going to have to stay at home and be quarantined, self-quarantined for a period of up to two weeks. Um, it's going to be a challenge for us, I tell you, in the coming weeks. And I do feel for the, the staff that are there, the ones that are working and coming into work and having to, to do double shifts and work overtime, it's, uh, it's putting a huge pressure on everyone. And I know it will have you know, a big mental health impact as well for many people who have to go through this over the next uh, month or two. And I guess the kind of the irony there too is there are going to be family members who, if they think that perhaps their loved ones aren't getting uh, that, that level of care, and again, not, not, a, not a slag or anything against mm-hmm. the healthcare workers, but if there simply aren't the people there to do it, there are going to be family members who want to go out of their way to spend more time in the care home and again, come in to help their loved ones. 
Yeah, it does all compound on itself. And we're also hearing reports of people who want to take you know, people out of the care setting and bring them back home. And again, we have to be really careful. Um, these are very vulnerable, frail uh, individuals, many with uh, compromised immune systems. And uh, by exposing them inadvertently within the, potentially within the community to COVID-19 um, could be equally just as, you know, uh, as concerning. So uh, it, it is stressful. I, I don't deny that. And, and I know everyone's doing their best and we're trying to with with the staff that we've got make sure that we provide the best care and ensure that the care homes are are safe and and are under the protocols that we put in place to prevent uh, infection uh, spread and uh, but we're asking uh, that's why we're asking people to perhaps uh, postpone a visit um, and perhaps uh, if they can stay out of the care setting that will reduce the amount of uh, work that care staff have to do in terms of making sure that people who are entering and exiting are not uh, going to inadvertently bring in COVID-19. All right, we'll leave it there. Daniel, thanks so much. Uh, Look forward, and I'm sure we'll be getting some more updates from you, but thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Daniel Fontaine is the CEO of the BC Care Providers Association.